0: have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 28, the book of Acts chapter 28, on behalf of your hearing. The lead up to this story, and I'll talk a little bit more about it, the lead up is that Paul is a prisoner on his way to Rome, and he is headed to Rome by way of ship, and he has even told those who were over the sailing of the ship that at a certain point in their route that it was dangerous to proceed, to go forward. And they wouldn't listen, and they went ahead anyway, and, and a great storm by the name of Eurycleidon uh, began to manifest, and, and it got so bad they didn't see the sun, they said, for 14 days. It was just terrible. But an angel appeared to Paul and said that that even though the ship would be lost, that no life would be lost, and he began to tell them not to fear, and 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 it's exactly the way it happened. The boat broke to pieces, and and, and, and yet they made their way to, to, to land. And that's where we pick up the story. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But that's the backdrop of the story of how they end up here. So Acts 28, beginning at verse 1. And when they were escaped, escaped the storm, the breaking of the ship and all that. Then they knew that the island that they had landed on was called Melita, a uh, common uh or modern day Malta. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. How many knows because of the present conditions in our world? Because of the current cold climate in our world, we need a, a, a fire kindled. We need a spiritual fire kindled. They kindled a fire. Received us, everyone, because of the present rain, and because of the cold. Verse 3 And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, look what happened. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw, and that just means the natives of that land, of that island, when they saw the venomous beast, hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire. It's another reason we need the fire. we got to have somewhere for that devil to go that's been harassing you and tormenting you. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. That's powerful. Howbeit they looked. When he should have swollen, you shouldn't have survived some of the things you come through. You shouldn't have, some of us should not be here today. We should not have come through what we come through. When they looked and said he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while, they was like, "Ah, oh, we're not gonna judge this too soon. He still could die. He still could fall over. When they looked a great while and saw that no harm come to him, I love this line. They changed their minds. God, God The God we serve can change some people's minds about you by sustaining you, by blessing you, by keeping you, by doing for you what people thought that uh, shouldn't be done for you. And they changed their minds and said he was a God. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And last verse here, verse 8, And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever And of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed, and laid his hands—that very thing that the snake bit—and Paul laid his hands on him and healed him. Now, can you go back? Can you go back to verse number three? Verse number three. That's where I really want to take a thought this morning. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat. Everybody say out of the heat. heat. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. That, that That line, there came a viper out of the heat. Not out of the fire, nothing wrong with the fire, but the heat from the fire got something stirred up. And out of the heat, a viper came and fastened on his hand. I want to talk to you just a little bit this morning on the subject, when things heat up. When things heat up. When things heat up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for the privilege and opportunity to preach your word this morning. Father, we again, we pray for Pastor Lee and what he is doing this morning. Oh, God, would you bless him and anoint him? Use him mightily, oh, God, to speak to that congregation Father would you do something great here as well Father would you let us know that when the heat gets turned up and things begin to get stirred and enemies begin to attack that Father we don't have to fear and we don't have to feel the harm that we can stay right close to the fire and we can shake those things off and you can use us still to minister to this world who is in desperate need of a touch from God Father we'll bless you we'll praise you oh God for what you do in this house today we give you all thanks we give you all glory we give you all honor for we ask it in the name above every name in Jesus name we pray, and everybody said amen, amen, Amen and amen, amen, give him some praise, give him glory, and you can be seated this morning, amen, when things heat up, I wish I could tell you who it was that first said uh, what I'm about to tell you, the quote I'm about to give you, but I, I looked it up, and several people, it was attributed to different people, and so I don't know who said it but it's relevant regardless of who said it. I want you to hear it because this this sets the tone, sets the foundation of what I really want to talk to you about. The quote is this, that a world in crisis deserves a church in revival. Let me say it again. A A world in crisis, in chaos, deserves a church in revival. When, when things are chaotic and hit crisis level in this world, the world needs it because the world, listen, the world has problems that it cannot solve on its own. There are problems in our world right now that the world itself does not have the answer to. What they need is a church that is not just going through the motions. That's not just gathering as a as a community, uh, or not just gathering as a club, or not just as a social gathering. They they need a church in revival. They need a church that is experiencing the power and the presence of God. They need a church where God is moving. They need a church. Why? Because a world that is in crisis and in chaos deserves to have a church that is experiencing revival so that when they come in, they understand there's hope here. There's something different here. There's an answer here. There's a flow here. There's something moving here. There's something different about this. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I went down to that church. I, I I didn't know where I was going to turn, but I went down there to that church, and God met me there, and God touched me there, and God moved on me there. I tell you, a world that is in crisis deserves a church experience and revival. We all know I could get up here and decry the things that's happening in our world and and really really talk about the things that's happening uh, in our society and even around the globe. And we can look back and, 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 and people have made the comparison uh, between what is going on now and, and things that maybe happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know there, there, there's a thought about that that, that, that uh, Leonard Ravenhill I believe first, I first heard from him uh, back in the early 70's he wrote a book and basically the thought of it was this. This is, this is how different it is between what's going on in our world and society today versus what was going on in Sodom. Are you listening? Here's, what, here's the thought. Sodom had no Bible. Sodom had no churches. The only believer that was there was Lot. And the Bible said that he was vexed by what was going on. So Sodom in the Old Testament, Sodom and Gomorrah, they had no church. They, 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 had, they had no Bible. They had no Christians. They, they had nobody praying within the city. That, that's not the case for America. The, the problem is not just that the same, some of the same things that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah are going on now in our society. The problem is where's the church? Where's the church? Why are we allowed? come on, why are we allowing the same thing in a place that had no Bible, in a place that had no believers, in a place that had, we got churches on every corner. We got churches next to churches. We got churches on this side of the street and another church on that side of the street. And yet the same thing is happening in society. What's going on in the church? I don't want to know what's going on in the world. What I want to know is what's going on in the church when those things are allowed to prevail in the world. What's going on in the church? A a world in crisis deserves a church in revival. We need a move of God. We need to change the spiritual climate of our land. Come on. If my people, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. If we want the land to be healed, let it start in here. Let it start with us. Let it start with us. I, I, I see, I see this, this, uh, this train of thought. I see uh, Eleven. I'm I'm preaching in layers here a little bit. Okay, I'm preaching in layers here of this story, not the actual story, but I see a layer here. I see Paul's journey sort of as our journey, because Paul Paul is going to Rome. Paul is going to stand before Caesar, and he's and he's there. And at a certain point, he tells them. I don't have time to tell the whole story, but at a certain point, he tells them. He says, he said, "Listen, guys, I don't I don't think we should sail this way." I don't think we should go this way. I don't think we should go this way. I don't think we should set sail in this direction at this time. And the experts said, well, it's going to be okay. Paul's a prisoner. You know, he's a preacher. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. We're the experts. Let's go ahead and set sail because it's going to be all right. But it wasn't long before they hit dangerous waters. It wasn't. Oh, come on! I'm going somewhere. It wasn't long until the circumstance that Paul warned them about began to manifest, and they had to probably think to themselves, "You know, we should have listened to that preacher." (laughs) You know that. I mean, that that prisoner preacher. We should have. We should have listened. You know, he told us. He told us. And and I began to see something. The Lord began to speak to me. And and can I just take a minute and thank God for the remnant of people that in our journey. Has begun to stand up to our world and our society and say, you know what? I don't think we ought to sail that way. Come on. You you want to you Amen. Can't just preach this morning. You you and and, and I don't want to get on some soapbox. It's not what it's about. I'm just making a point. But but I know you want to legalize homosexuality. But a remnant of people, like was on like Paul was on his ship, has stood up and said, I don't think we ought to sail that direction. And the experts say, oh, you got to be inclusive. But somebody's got to stand up and say, if you sail that way, you're going to hit dangerous waters. If you go that direction, it's not going to be good. Things are going to fall apart. The winds are going to pick up. The waves are going to beat apart the ship. The ship won't say, listen, the nation of America, the ship of America will not last unless somebody stands up and says, we should not sail that way. Come on, when you want to take the the, the blood of the innocent babies still in the womb and shed that insulin, we shouldn't sail that way. It's a, it's a dangerous road ahead. It's a dangerous trip ahead. And somebody's got to stand up and say we should not sail that way, because it won't be long. It won't be long before you, 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 it, it didn't hit immediately, but but it wasn't long until it began getting cloudy and rain started falling. The winds picked up, and then suddenly, you're Clyde and the, the storm was named back in back in chapter twenty-seven. In verse 14 it says, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eureclodon. A massive storm. massive storm. And, and if we're not careful even in our nation, in our world, unless somebody can continue to speak up and stand up and say we should not sail that direction, we should not go that direction, we should not ordain those things, we should not. we should not okay it, we should not just let it go. Come on, we need some interference here. Where's my Friday night people we need some interference we need to interfere with that somebody needs to step up and say no we're not just going to let it pass we're not just going to let you toss that into our nation into our land no we're going to stand up and we're going to declare thus saith the Lord and and you got to go by what he says because his word his word stands his word lasts and the Bible says that that as they as they set sail and they reach those dangerous waters that that an angel began to appear to Paul and said, said, The 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 ship is not going to make it. Now for his case, all the people was going to be saved. All the people was going to make it, but they was going to lose the ship. And the Bible said at the end of chapter 27 that the ship began to fall apart, it began to break, it began to come to pieces. But the Bible says that 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 those that could swim began to cast themselves into the sea and the rest some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship and so it came to pass they escaped all safe land. listen here's, here's what I want to say to that I, I know that not everybody is going to escape. I know that not everybody is going to heed the word. I know that not everybody will do it. But here, but we got to do something to save as many as possible. We got to do something to save as many as we can. And but listen, there needs to be a place that those people, when they find themselves with a broken, come on, when their life has fallen apart, when the boat of their marriage has fallen apart, when the boat of their family has fallen apart, when they've lost their job, when all they've got is broken. Pieces. When all they got's broken pieces, they got to have a place that they can come. They got to have a place that they that they can come and find rest and find find receptivity and find ministry and find people who will who will love on them. And it says that some came on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. I wonder how many people in here today. You look all nice and you got everything together and your makeup's all right and everything. But I wonder how many people come in broken pieces. Let me tell you something, church. We better get over this thing of only, only wanting to deal with people who have it all together. Because people who are broken need somewhere to come. People whose lives are falling apart need somewhere to come. People whose jobs they just got laid off and don't know where the next meal's going to come. They need somewhere to come. People whose lives that they've been hurt and they've been destroyed and, and, and they've been stabbed and they've been wounded and they're bleeding and they're hurting and they've lost everything and they've had to throw things in the water just to save themselves, just to survive when, when they're like that. And all they got's broken pieces of what used to be. They need a place they can come and receive ministry. They need a place that they can come and, and receive help. The Bible says that some came on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. Let me tell you something, this one can I tell you. If you're here and you've been broken, if you're here and things have fallen apart, if you're here like that, let me tell you something. You have floated into the right place. We are glad you are here. We are glad you are here. You have floated into the right place. You have reached the right island. Because, see, that's all we are. We're we're not the whole land that... Walton Church—it's just an island, not not island that that we're by ourselves. But we're we're just a small part of the big thing God's doing. That's not minimizing what God's doing because He's doing some great things. But there's more to God than Walton Church. There's more to God. Come on, there's more to God than that. But thank God that God is still doing something at a little place called Walton. <laughs> That's not on a lot of people's radar, but it's on God's radar. God looked down and said, you know what? If I got some people, their their ships have broken and busted and come apart, and everything seems to be broken in their life, I got a place where I can send them. I got a place where I can bring them. I got a place where I can can send the current of the waters of trouble that they are in, and I can say, hey, if they'll just get down there, it's a place where they can receive ministry. May I thank God for that. Winnie and I, we was here years ago and always had a, fond, a fondness for this place. You guys are always special to us. And we came back last year, end of July, right after Paul, and Alicia's accident. And 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 I mean, honestly, we, we came in, we came in on broken pieces. We came in on broken pieces, and, and that's all we had. That's all we had, just broken pieces. And 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 those pieces wasn't that big. And, and and the pieces we had, uh, they wasn't floating too good either. I mean, honestly, there were days we thought we'd drown. Just being honest with you. So I'm not up here preaching something that I that I haven't experienced and lived through. I thank God though that he that he reached out. I was thinking about that song, it's an old song. I'm gonna date myself here and back into back in the Southern Gospel, uh, when it when it says that he reached down his hand for me. You know, when, he, when the Savior reached down for me, he had to reach way down for me. I was lost and undone without God or his Son when he reached down his hand for me. And man, I want to tell you, I I I have lived that. I, I, I've lived how that he reached down. And he just began to pull us in and and and, and bring us to a place where we, even we received. And the and the whole time that we were giving and ministering, trying to help you, it, it was helping us and healing us and restoring us. Thank God for a place that you can come on your broken pieces. <laughs> your broken pieces. And 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 and, and so so the, the Bible says that that when they they were escaped and I want to tell you I know that we talk a lot about about how Christians you know always strong and all that let me tell you something there are some things that I didn't get through thriving there are some things I will confess to you I escaped I escaped I escaped it it, it even looked like it may not to God it may not have been a close call because God knew what he was going to do all along but to me it was a close call to me, I didn't know if I was going to make it, but they escaped. And it says, and when they were escaped, when they got out of the sea, when they hit land, then they knew that the place was called Melita or modern-day Malta. And the Bible says this. This is what I love. The barbarous people, the natives of that island, showed us no little kindness. This, this, this speaks to ministry. This speaks to ministry. God, help us. Help us to show kindness to people that come in. Help us to show because we don't know what they had to escape. We don't know what they had to go through to get here. Amen. That person sitting next to you or behind you or in front of you, you don't know what they went through to get here. You don't know what hell they fought. You don't know what difficulty they went through. You don't know what they, they had to endure and what they had to escape and what they had to, to to process through just to get here today. And the Bible said that the barbarous people, the natives of the, people, of the, the island, showed us no little kindness. They, they begin to, to show kindness to them and they kindled a fire. Man th- let me tell you this, this, is, this is what's stirring in my heart. There needs to be a fire here because there are people in this world who are dealing with a cold climate in their life. They are dealing with the coldness of a society that does not care that does not have the answers. They've been locked out, left outside. They've been outcast. They need a place of warmth. They need a place and the least we can do is have a little fire going so that those that's in the cold have a place where they can warm up maybe you're cold spiritually maybe you've been away from God maybe you you, you don't know what to do but let me tell you something you you come to a place there's a fire kindled in this house I, I make no I make no apologies about it there's a fire that's been kindled in this house and if you'll draw up close to it, I'm not promoting a house. I'm promoting the one who we worship and we serve. Uh, if you'll draw close to him, our God is a consuming fire. You can get warm. You can get warm here. You can get warm here. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone. Received us. We accept. God send them to us. I'll never forget when I was here, gosh, 20-plus years ago. Uh, I had an experience when I was pastoring in West Virginia. We'd actually drove in. This This happened over here at, uh, uh, at Goodwill in Christiansburg. And I was sitting in the car like all husbands do. While Winnie was in goodwill, and I had backed into the place where i could where I could look and I could see inside the store and i saw I saw this man i saw this 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 woman long black hair long trench coat it wasn't cold out long trench coat, boots that had heels and they just acting odd in the store and everything and i thought man that that is just really that's really crazy what is going on with them and they I couldn't really tell, but I got to watch them, you know people watch her. And I was watching them and, and 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 they come around to the front window there and I realized that that man and woman was not a man and a woman it's two men and 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 in my and in my sanctified soul I remember saying in in a tone I'm, I'm how many those I can just be real In a tone of disgust, I said, oh, they need Jesus. And right like that, I mean immediately, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this is what he said, Paul. He said, yeah, that's a part of the unwanted harvest. He said, nobody wants them. I was so convicted. I was so convicted. I was talking to Dave about this, Dave Phillips, about this other night. I remember this. I was telling, I was sitting in that office back there and told Pastor Lee that story. And it so moved him and moved me. And we prayed. And and it wasn't long after that that we got some some teams of of of, of, of people together, and we went out just trying to visit, just trying to stop at wherever we could stop and just tell people about Jesus. And let them know they're not unwanted, but they're the wanted harvest. They may not even know they was the harvest, but they was the harvest. And it so stirred me. And, and, and when I was reading that, I thought of this when it says that they kindled a fire and received us. Everyone, I wonder if we can receive everybody. I know, I know we can receive those that look like Sunday school teachers and look like they raised up in VBS and all that stuff. But can we receive those? Can we have love for those? Can we accept those that don't look anything like Jesus right now? But are in desperate need for him. All they got's their broken boat. All they got is their broken life. All they got is their broken pieces. And he said, here here they, they showed us kindness and they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Because of the climate, the spiritual climate, the current climate. He said we needed a fire. We needed something to warm ourselves by. Now I want to tell you, I, I want to thank God for the times that I've been in a cold season. Or a cold place, and God has used something to kindle the fire back in my heart—a song, a message, a sermon, a service, a, a, a word of encouragement, whatever it might have been—and it just—it just, it's just a kindled a little fire. It didn't set everything ablaze, but it just kindled a little fire. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean, you didn't you. You, you was just struggling and, 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 and went to the mailbox and there was a card in there and said, just wanted you to know I appreciate you. Or I'm thinking of you or, or love you or, or whatever the case might be. And I hit this thing like Pastor Lee does. Or, or or you come to church and you're broken, you don't know. And, and, and that one song, it's not ever something, but that one song just just sort of did something for you. It didn't change everything, didn't fix everything, but just kindled a fire. Just kindled something back in your heart again. Or, or a word or a word, a message, a scripture, something. And and, and, and you was in a cold place, but, but it, it's like, Man, I just I feel the warmth. I feel the warmth again. And you know that Jesus is near. Come on, the men the men, the men on the road to Emmaus, the Bible said that as Jesus began to talk with them, it said, Did not our hearts burn within us? There was a warmth. There was a fire kindled down on the inside. We thought everything was over. We thought we were finished. But there's a there's a warmth that's going on. There's a fire that's been kindled. And I thank God for that. But here's what we need to realize. And Pastor Lee talked about this actually here a few weeks ago. The thing is, they kindled the fire. And that was kindness. But Paul knew that those that kindled the fire, that it was not always the responsibility of those that kindled the fire to keep it going. And Paul, the Bible said, that he went out himself and gathered a bundle of sticks. He said, now, I'm, I'm thankful for the fire that's been kindled. I'm thankful for the encouragement. I'm thankful that I feel this warmth. But if this is going to increase, if this is going to intensify, then I've got to bundle some sticks. I've got to take some action. I've got I can't just depend on everybody else and on somebody else. I, I can't always just turn that song on and or or, or listen to brother Paul sing or or, or listen to Pastor Lee. Pray. I can't always just do that and count on that. That that can be contributing, but but I got to bundle my own stick. Come on. I got I got to I got to bundle the stick of prayer. Come on. I, I I can't I can't amen. I can't stay out of church and expect the fire to get bigger. I got a bundle. I got to bundle that that stick. I, I got to get that stick and the stick of prayer, the stick of worship. And I got I got to bundle some things together and throw them on the fire, so that the fire increases in my own heart, in my own life. And you know when we all do that, that what God ignites here is bigger because. If you come on fire and 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 you come on fire. If we all come on fire, then then when we get here, man, it turns into an inferno. That no that no devil, no demon, no spirit, right? Nothing can extinguish, nothing can put it out. And so Paul, Paul began to bundle sticks and began to throw them on the fire. And this is this is what is it twelve o'clock already? Mm. Y'all that wanted to get out at twelve, it didn't happen. <laughs> at least I got somebody else to blame now amen and the Bible says this that, that Paul gathered the bundle of sticks are you with me on that what, what, what do you, when, when I say bundle I know what he literally did we're looking at it in a spiritual way and the Bible said that he threw them onto the fire he said this thing needs to be bigger Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what's been kindled. Thank God for the miracles we've seen. But this thing needs to be bigger. This thing needs to be bigger. I think God desires this thing to be bigger. I don't serve no small God, partway God, halfway God. I serve a big God. He's bigger than anything, any problem. He's, he's bigger than the cold climate of our culture. My God is bigger than the cold climate. Climate of our culture. And the Bible said the Bible said that He threw them on the fire. He threw them on the fire. But here's here's the thing I want you to see. That when when things heat up, certain things get stirred up. You hear me? Some of us have lived through this. Some of us have dealt with the snakes. So I'm all for the move of the spirit, and it doesn't intimidate. I'm not intimidated by the snakes. I'm not but I do want you to be aware. And I'm not really issuing a word of warning. I just want you—I want it to be a word of recognition. I don't want you to be taken, you know, unaware. I don't want things begin because here's what happened. People say, "Man, but I was really digging in, and then it just seemed like I was really serving God, and I was really getting somewhere, and then all of a sudden everything began to go wrong." Mm-hmm. Because when things heat up, snakes get stirred up. When the spiritual temperature of your life, or a church's life, or a or or a, or a region's life, when it begins to increase and it gets heated up, serpents and snakes and evil spirits begin to get stirred up. Can I say this? There, there is there is a certain. I, I got to be careful here, and I want you to hear my heart. There is a certain level of fire that that snake was comfortable with. There, there, there's there. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Man, I'm gonna go up here away from everybody. I don't think any of y'all can throw that far. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I, I, what, what, I, what I'm saying is, is, is that that there's we can't just be religious. That we've had enough churchianity, church as usual. Just go in, three songs, three points in a poem pray a little prayer, go home, come back next week and do it all again. Enough with that. That doesn't settle anything. That doesn't fix anything. It doesn't help anything. And and when people have come broken and their life is is all messed up and they come and the climate is cold, listen, I want to tell you, I don't know, I don't even care what you believe about climate change, but I will say this, we do need a spiritual climate change. We do need things to heat up. I'm not worried if the fire of God stirs up some snakes. I'm not worried about it. In fact, that's the thing that we need to see because God help us if the enemy is comfortable in our churches, in our lives because our spiritual climate is so cold. When things heat up, then the viper begin to come out of the heat. The snake come out of the heat. Because when things heat up, snakes get stirred up. Spirits get stirred up. The enemy gets stirred up. But there is a level that the enemy is comfortable with. I come to make him uncomfortable. I come to interfere with his comfort level in my life. Come on. In my heart, in my life, in my ministry, in my job. I don't want him comfortable. I want the enemy uncomfortable. Amen. The last thing people need, last thing we need in this cold climate of our culture, the last thing we need is for people to come in and listen to some six-foot icicle. Come on come in and preach to the first church of the frozen chosen huh? sitting there like a bunch of ice cubes come on we need somebody full of the fire of God that can melt away the mediocrity of religiosity we need somebody with something burning inside of them that says this climate can change you don't have to stay where you are your life doesn't have to stay on its current path it can turn around God can move on your behalf and and, and and so so I done meddled enough. And so he, he 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 threw the bundle of sticks on and the heat began to increase and when when the, the fire began to increase there came a viper out of the heat. Came a viper out of the heat. When things heat up, the enemy gets stirred up. Don't be surprised when you start heating up for the Lord. Don't be surprised when things get stirred up in your life. Don't be surprised when the enemy, come on. I'm just telling you, don't be surprised. I got scripture for it. I got scripture for it. What is that scripture? Okay, I'll tell you. Peter said, think it not strange. The fiery trial. The trial with fire. The, the, the trial that comes out of fire. Be, think it not strange, those things that will try you. It's, it's not odd? Why? Because the fire heats things up until the enemy gets stirred up about what's being heated up. I don't want the enemy. I, I just got to tell you, I don't want the enemy comfortable in my life. I, I, I lost all my love. I don't want the enemy to be comfortable in my life. I don't want him to be comfortable in my home. I don't want him to be comfortable in my church. I don't want him to be comfortable in this region. I don't want him to say, you know, well, I can always lean on this. I can always no. I want I want something burning so hot that the enemy gets uncomfortable and the enemy has to move and the enemy has to flee. And so here's what he did. here's what he did. And by the way, by the way, just just for good measure, just want to throw this in here. It's absolutely free. Not going to cost you a dime. I'm going to throw the the snake didn't bite everybody. It only bit the one who was trying to keep the fire going. Some people that don't have ever any problems, no trouble, that seem like they're just coasting through life. And you're like, man, what, what are they doing? What did they do? Maybe it is that they ain't got nothing hot enough to disrupt the comfort level of the enemy. But when you decide that I'm going to heat things up and I'm going to draw closer to God, don't be surprised when that snake comes out of the heat and tries to attack. The Bible said that the the, the viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Fastened on his hand. And and the natives of the land began to to see And they saw this. Now I've heard people say, well, I I literally heard people say this. Well, that... That was probably like a garden snake. God, I don't care what snake, it, what kind of snake it was. If it had come out of that fire and landed on my hand, I'm talking in the natural now. If it had come out of that fire and landed on my hand, I don't care if he's venomous or not. I'd have probably died from having a panic attack. I can see that thing latching on to me now. Say. I don't care. I'll be the anointed sissy of the church. I don't care. You you just do whatever you got to do. Get this thing off. Where was I? Oh, yeah. And when it, when it latched on, some of y'all ain't heard nothing I said today until that. And you laughing. You still don't know what I was really talking about, but you laughing just because everybody else is laughing. And the barbarians look. Watch, somebody is watching. Here's 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 about the attack, about how the enemy comes against you. Somebody's watching how you deal with it. People, people not only watched how Paul and Alicia went through what they they watched how we went through it. I'm telling you. They, they, they watched. Can, can I tell? I know I'm interrupting my own message, but I'm preaching. So I wouldn't interrupt somebody else's, but my own, I'll interrupt it. I was standing, I got off work the other day, was standing in sheets in Christiansburg. They opened it up, and I was standing there in sheets, and a guy that I knew came and he said, he said, "You keeping them straight down there at Walton?" I said, "I think they they got the bigger job of keeping me straight and all this." And we we just laughed, and and he said, "Boy, that Paul and Alicia, God's really doing something in their life." And I said, "Yeah, man, it's been great." And he said, "Let me tell you a story." And I said, "Okay." And I'm thinking, okay, all right, all right, tell me a story. You know, you know me, my spirituality. You know, it's just not there sometimes. <laughs> and so, so, so I said, I said, sure. And he said, he said that concert they had up there. Uh, for them, Jason Crabb, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he said, yeah, that concert, he said, I come in that, that Friday from work and said my boy had been at school, and he said he had twisted his ankle, he would stepped on a walnut, and he twisted his ankle and said when I got home, he said his ankle was about this big, and I was like, oh man, he said, I, said he hobbled around there, and he said, son, if it ain't no better by tomorrow, he said I'm going to have to take you to the doctor, He's like, I don't want to go to the doctor, I want to go to that concert. He said, "Well, I'm just telling you, if it's not, if it's not better, I mean, we got, we can't ignore it. it might be broke. We don't know. Whatever." He said we wrapped it up with ace bandage. Said so we, you know, doctored it, iced it, all that stuff overnight. Next morning, it was still, you know, just double the size it needed to be. And he said, "Son, we're gonna have to go." He's like, "No, I want to go to the concert, Daddy. Want to go the concert?" He said, "We are going to the concert, but if it ain't no better," he said, "We're gonna go to the doctor." So they went to the concert, and he said Paul got up there and began to tell the testimony of what God had done and how God had brought them out and how God had moved on their behalf. And he said, my son is standing there leaning over the chair, not putting weight on his foot. And he said he's standing there and said all of a sudden said he, he got down and he began to fool with his the ace bandage. And he said, son, what are you doing? And he said... He said, I'm taking the bandage off. He said, is your foot hurting? He said, no. He said, while Paul was testifying, God touched my foot. And it, God touched my foot. And I don't need this bandage no more. And God healed a young man right there just from the Somebody's watching. Somebody's watching. Somebody's watching how you go through your attacks. Somebody's watching how you deal with your family mess. Somebody's. Somebody's watching how you do with losing your job. Somebody's watching with how you do it when there's more month than money. Somebody's watching how when you're, get, when you're hurt, when you're lambasted, when you, when you are cute, when you go through the hurts. And you go, somebody's watching. And the Bible said that the, the people of the island began to watch and say, oh, no doubt this man is a murderer. How many knows that Paul used to be Saul? And if he'd have let the enemy bring him into condemnation and he'd have heard them people talking and said, this man is a murderer, he could have said, mm, that's right, that's right. Because Saul killed Christians. Saul killed Christians. Paul made Christians. He, 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 he switched. God had turned a murderer into a missionary. And he said, I'm not that same man no more. And they said, this man is a murderer whom though he's escaped the sea, vengeance suffereth not. In other words, it finally caught up with him. He might have got out of that storm, but he's not going to escape this attack. But the Bible said this. The Bible said, I love this. It doesn't say that Paul changed. doesn't say that Paul moved away from the fire. doesn't say that he went running and screaming like I did, like a sissy. The Bible said that he just stood right there and he shook the thing off. He shook it back into the fire. That's why we need the fire also is because we got to have somewhere to shake off the enemy when he attacks us. we got to have somewhere to go back to. Come on, there's got to be something that's stronger than what's trying to attack you from the outside. There's got to be something that's stronger, something that's more effective, some way of dealing with it. And the Bible said that he shook it off. i got to hurry. And he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. But they wasn't satisfied, so they kept watching. They kept watching. They kept watching, and they said he should have swollen up by now. He should have fell over dead by now. He should have been took out by now. He should have not survived this. But they looked a great while and said, "Oh my goodness, they're going to come on." They looked a great while and they said, "Oh my goodness, they're going to survive." Oh my goodness, they're going to get out of this. Oh my goodness. That attack is having no effect, no harm. Amen. I gotta say, I just gotta say this. I don't, I don't want to, but I, I know, I know, I know that there's still some effect. But God's not done. God's not finished. I serve a God of complete restoration. I serve a God of complete healing complete deliverance that when he does the work he doesn't do a halfway job I declare right now in the name of Jesus full restoration is coming not just for them but for you and for you and for you I declare right now in the name of Jesus I shake that thing off I shake that thing I shake that thing off you can bite you can strike but I will not accept your venom I will not accept your poison I put that thing in the fire of the Holy Ghost and let it burn, let it burn let it burn we need to let the satanic attack become fuel for the fire in our life. Shake that thing off and keep walking with God. Shake that thing off and keep singing for God. Shake that thing off and keep giving God glory. Shake that thing off and keep giving God praise. Come on, somebody. I dare you to get up on your feet and shake that thing off. Oh!